Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm going to need more sleep to adequately discuss this boring, boring movie. I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> and I'm Britton. So, uh, are you, was this movie not enough for you, bud? Did you not get enough of the movie in? Uh, the movie definitely was not The World. If that's oh. what you're getting at. Well, I was referring to the Jennifer Lopez film Enough, but okay. Because <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we're talking about today, right, guys? That's what the kids want us to talk about. That's true. <laughs> all, all, the, all the kids who, who grew up watching Enough, starring Jennifer Lopez and Benjamin Bratt. I don't know who was in that. And Michael um, Apted wants us to discuss it, too. I'm sure he's, he, he'd be very interested in our thoughts on that. That's true. Now, we are talking about The World Is Not Enough. The final Bond movie of the 20th century. Ooh. And does it send the series off in style before making another movie like three years later? See, you say that. Die Another Day feels very much of of the late 90s as well, so. I'm looking forward to that, I think. Uh, it's more interesting than this, I'll give uh, it that. <laughs> I like Rosamund Pike. It's it's basically like Batman and Robin, but for Bond. Anyways, The World Is Not Enough from 1999, directed by Michael Apted. Uh, it has a 52% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 49% audience score. I would like to state for the record that both Britton and I just yawned as he were reading yeah. off these scores. Ugh, <laughs> oh, math. Um, so, so we, all three of us, fair, if, you know, we're, we're fairly on the same page that this movie's just kind of dull. Well, I, I also want to say, this was apparently the top grossing Bond movie, uh, like, when it, like, until, I don't, I, I don't know what broke the record, but, like, it was at a time the top grossing. I would assume not adjusted for inflation. Well, right, but, I, like, as of when it yeah. was going I on. I think yeah. in terms of tickets, Thunderball was the highest grossing sure. of all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until Skyfall, I which kind of tracks, yeah, that, that it would, yeah, you know, same pattern of like, oh, we got a few exciting ones in here, and what's happening now, right? And it's kind of yeah. like it's already writing off the the success, and it's kind of just generic, and so yeah. not offensive. Actually, this one is kind of offensive. Oh yeah. But. So uh, we should uh, also, you know, guys, we here at HTTS uh, sequels, HTTS HQ. Here come the sequel sequels, <laughs> which is, I guess, threequels. Um, we like to be transparent with our audience, so we all had interesting um, <laughs> sort of conditions which affected our viewing of the movie. So I will kind of round robin. I watched the I generally watch the movies in pieces because of my busy schedule. You know, okay. just Britain Appleseed over here, just Partying going around planting apples everywhere. Partying it up. Partying it with up. Those apples. <laughs> Absolutely. Apple parties. Apple on the head. Woo, William Tell, and then. Um, uh, <laughs> Stupid joke. We, it's not even a joke. I just mentioned a guy. But we uh, – so, so I watched some movie pieces, but today as I finished it, I had an hour to go, and they were doing a lot of construction on the floors in my house. So there was a lot of drills and <laughs> orbital sanders and all kind of stuff going on, I think. I don't know. I used to work on a floor. And so I, I just turned the subtitles on and didn't pay a lot of attention to it, but did do a lot of good planning on what books I'll read next. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler, what were your circumstances? Yeah, for this film? so um, I watched it last night uh, prior to a recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched about an hour and fifteen minutes or so. Um, Over halfway. And when I got to the halfway point, I was like, "This feels like the ending," and it was not. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, then I I proceeded to uh, 
to to discover, or I had I had learned earlier in the day, I think, and so I was this was going to be my treat after I finished the movie that uh, there is a new level for the video game Celeste <laughs> uh, that had been added for free uh, last year at some point, and then I had missed it, and I was like, oh, well, I gotta I gotta get on that, and so uh, I paused the movie and I started playing that. It was too hard, so then I played Stardew Valley <laughs> and I put the movie back on, and that's how I finished the movie. <laughs> How's your farm going? It's good. Good. It's good. good. Yeah, making, making money. What season are you in right now? I am in spring of oh. year three. Oh, parsnips and the whole thing. Look at uh, that. We are we are a holy uh, cauliflower. A holy based, cauliflower. Holy, holy cauliflower. So literally, as in cauliflower as in, of the gods? Correct. Literally, I am trying to do nothing but generate the, the real big cauliflower. I don't know okay. if you've seen yes, this, where, yes. where it can combine so that you get a big nine square cauliflower. That's all we're doing. That's all, we're just we're just we're maxing out the cauliflower. Yeah, I believe that's the Yggdrasil cauliflower, <laughs> the, the world cauliflower Correct. from which all the mana flows. Um, the it's world's cauliflower is not enough. No. Well, Alex, so what were your circumstances <laughs> with watching this movie? Um, I wouldn't say I had no time to die, but I definitely didn't have enough time to watch this movie, and <laughs> I had maybe an hour left. So, I got a ri- I got a right around the time where they 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 go and confront Zukovsky at the. Uh, the caviar warehouse before the giant helicopter with the spinning blades comes in. Don't sell yourself short. I think that's about 45 minutes left. How? I think you, you got sure. through about an hour 15. You How know, long? At a certain point, it just all blurs together. How long had it been since you had seen the movie previously? Uh, maybe like a year and a half. I was going like to say, okay. you, you went through all of these not too long ago. Oh, I, I could definitely tell you how the rest of this movie goes. Right. I mean, many people could. Guns, so, breasts, guns, thighs, guns. Uh, terrible, Eleven herbs and spices. <laughs> See, I was talking about chicken. Get your he- minds out of the gutter, audience. Oh, my God. Um, well, since <laughs> so the, I watched the least to, amount of this to, movie this go-round. To clarify real quick here. Yes, uh, sir. Yesterday you did message us at one point and say you were good to record tonight. <laughs> Um, was this after you determined that you still had like an hour left that you weren't going to watch? <laughs> no, I thought I was going to be able to finish it last night, and then uh, uh, it got complicated. Does this mean you fell asleep? Because we uh, were not it, it got complicated. <laughs> oh lord! Um, finish Anyways. your finish your thoughts. Uh, I'll, I'll just jump into my best thing and worst thing. Uh, go ahead and get that started. Uh, my best thing is going to be Dave, David Arnold's score. Um. Tyler, I know you mentioned it in our group chat, but the the score is very distinct this time. I, th- sure. I really, really like how David Arnold is just able to take the Bond theme and spin it in different ways, kind of experiment a little bit, but in a good way. Um, I don't know. I felt like, despite how boring some of this is, uh, felt particularly during the action scenes, the music was giving it a, a big, big bump in terms of excitement. Sure. Sure. Kind of like um, when Eminem showed up at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and much like that, Martin Scorsese's watching going, what? Yeah, I t- that's the more amusing thing is just thinking about the people in the audience that are watching. Oh, yes. Apparently Scorsese was – his name was tossed around to direct this movie. I doubt he was ever contacted. But he was one of the names they had mentioned. I I feel like they probably contacted his agent, and his agent was like, "No, no, you can't yeah, tell him. You I, can't tell him you spoke to me. He, Do not go away. <laughs> get far from here." He just made coon dune guys. <laughs> I because I guess in the nineties, well, he made Goodfellas, obviously, and then he kind of 
You can think of good stuff in the 90s, whatever. Because I would love to see a Scorsese Bond movie. I think it would be really interesting. Sure. Where Bond spends the whole time like, we were all there. Jimmy the Greek. <laughs> Roscoe Lee Brown. <laughs> Robert De Niro as James Bond would be Iago the parrot from Aladdin. I couldn't <laughs> wait to go on the heist. Now, Britain, Britain w- would it be like uh, 80s to 90s Scorsese where Robert De Niro plays Bond? Or is it going to be like, like 21st century Scorsese where Leonardo DiCaprio plays oh, Bond? I thought you were going to say like 21st century Scorsese where Robert De Niro plays Bond. <laughs> it's, it's, 90, it's early 90s Scorsese where Winona Ryder plays Bond. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, I would like to submit uh, for Bond's crew um, Spaghetti Todd. Spaghetti <laughs> um, Stop. The podcast. I want to hear all about this brand new character. It, it can, can the can the, join the, bad the ranks guys of hen- Lonnie Hall and Regis. <laughs> can, can the bad guys henchmen be called a olive oil? Ooh, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I like that. Actually, that's spaghetti, actually a really good joke, Alex. Spaghetti Todd, played by Winona Ryder. <laughs> I myself am strange and unusual. She says, "Pasta sauce dripping off." of no, but th- but then they just like rip off just plot elements from this movie wholesale. They're just like, oh yeah, she's she's been shot in the head and she feels no pain. So she replaced it with she replaced her earlobe with a meatball. <laughs> now is Spaghetti Todd made of spaghetti or does he just love spaghetti? Love spaghetti. Okay, love spaghetti. so this is Winona Ryder who's like can't get enough of that until halfway through the movie falls into a vat of spaghetti, then becomes spaghetti. <laughs> Correct. Oh my god, I love Spaghetti Todd. That rhymed. Um, I, I do love the idea of a where there's all these like beautiful tracking shots and like sure. there's a lot of scenes of Bond's crew just like just talking, just like building that world out. And then there's like a shockingly violent kill. Oh my god, Q has to be Joe Pesci. <laughs> yeah, he made you some gadgets. What do you want? <laughs> or he's like Irishman Joe Pesci, where he's just very slow and measured and terrifying mm-hmm. the whole time. You know, Bond. Yeah. I think we're going to have a problem. <laughs> and Bond's like, so does this watch shoot out poison gas or whatever? And he's like, where are you from? <laughs> and then the rest New of Castle. his dialogue is just lines from the Irishman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I don't know enough about Joe Pesci. But, or, or it's Home Alone Joe Pesci. <laughs> I, think we, I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, my worst thing, and there's, there's plenty to choose from. In Correct. this movie, I think this it gave us a lot of ammunition for things to to dislike. I was actually kind of surprised um, rewatching it, just how annoying I found a lot of it. Because um, I remember this one actually being kind of decent, kind of on par with the past couple of Brosnan movies. Which I know Tyler, you didn't really care all that much for Goldeneye, but I think you know we've been a little bit higher on Brosnan's movies than than some of the other ones that we. I would actually, I, I would agree. Yeah. Cer- certainly on the villain spectrum. I mean, Price yes. and Bean. Yes, I think the villains. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be interested about Die Another Day because I, I find them memorable, if nothing else. I, I um, think if you averaged for me um, Dalton's movies and then the first two Brosnan movies, I think we're, we're probably. I know I was I was quite concerned after Goldeneye, but I th- I think I, I enjoyed um, Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> these titles are hard to remember, even when I like the movies. Oh yeah, um, no, no, that's yeah, completely uh, fair. But um, the. Yeah, I, I think that they're not too far off. They're you know, yeah. One maybe maybe one. Yeah, yeah. Let's see that. My worst thing is going to be just the obnoxious amount of uh, puns that Bond gives. Sure. Mm. Um, within the first 
10 minutes, I felt like he had already said 25. Like, am, am I crazy? Yeah. Did, no, I, I would agree. Like, that opening scene where he's confronting the Swiss banker, like, oh, every right. line of dialogue, he's mm-hmm. saying some sort of pun. And they're no longer even... recent. like... It's literally a, just, hey, let's think of every single pun for this particular situation, yeah. and then we'll use them all. And they're all so telegraphed. Like, there, there's these such pregnant pauses before them. And it's, it's him, like, looking in every direction, like, mm. the old brain box, the old gears turning. Yeah. And the, the, previously, it kind of felt like, okay, they're kind of, like, tweaking these situations just to create puns. Right. Now it feels like they're just, like, I don't know, make a joke out of whatever's there. It's yeah, fun. Yeah, just, yeah. just make it. The just one it I liked... From the opening was when he grabs the banker and kind of holds him at gunpoint, and he's like, let's count to three. You can do that, can't you? Sure. And it's more sure. just because of Brosnan's delivery. The mm. other ones, he – I don't know if he seems confused by them or what, but, like, he's not delivering them as well as he did the past couple of movies. Sure. And yeah. that was the one time where I was like, oh, he's being, like, dead serious. This is working. <laughs> I I liked – it's not a pun, but the joke – and you had mentioned this, Alex, the joke where Christmas Jones is like – I'm Dr. Christmas Jones to make a joke. I've heard them all. And he goes, I don't know any doctor jokes. I was like, yeah. that's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there, there are a few small, I don't want to call them gems, but there's, there's some good moments like that. But then some moments I've, of comedy, mostly yeah. junklies. <laughs> yes. But, but like, particularly like when he's, he's seducing the, uh, medical lady. Oh, right. The, the other he's doctor. getting his shoulder looked at, Jeez. and they're just like, pun, pun, pun. Like, it's rapid-fire yeah. puns. I'm just like, guys, guys, this isn't supposed to be a complete farce. You guys are turning it into an Austin Powers movie. Yeah. Like, I'm waiting for that moment where, where James Bond just keeps saying the puns over and over again. Like, he's just keep, he keeps waiting for, for people to laugh. And then the girl next to him just goes, okay, it's, let's go. It's time to had, go. Has, when did the first Austin Powers movie come out? Ninety-seven, I believe. The oh, so this sequel, is, oh, so, oh, so this the sequel is, came out against this. I believe. Interesting. The same I wonder how much of that was them like. Well, they like Austin Powers. <laughs> Could be. Maybe, Maybe we should. Well, uh... It's interesting because this is the first movie where we bring on Robert Wade and Neil Purvis to to help with rewrites on the script, and they will be on through No Time to Die in oh, some form or fashion. And a lot of people claim that they're kind of. They they tend to to bring out some of the weaker elements of Bond, hmm. um, particularly in terms of like dialogue and, and things like that. Like hmm. I, I think the one film that they get like complete creative control over in terms of the script is Die Another Day. Um, I thought for sure you were going to say Quantum of Solace. I thought so know. too. <laughs> no, All Quantum right. of Solace. Like they, I think they helped come up with ideas, but that one was kind of written on the fly as they were making the movie. Right. So, right. Right. Does um, does yeah. Craig do a lot of puns in his movies? Not as much. I think he starts to do it a bit more in like Spectre. Yeah, sure. Um, and that's where it gets a little weird because he's not great at delivering them. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because he's a very funny actor, or he yeah. can be a very funny actor. Yeah. Um. But no, no, no. The puns have never really been a problem for him. Yeah. Um. I mean, or, like we've said, Roger Moore is like the king of being able to handle them, even when yeah. they're terrible. Because he always, yeah. I thought was really good at handling them, but then they're just this movie's <laughs> just nonstop. Yeah. Well, part of it is, I think when they work, it's because like Moore always had this wink, like I'm making a dad joke. I know right. it's bad, but right. Ah! It seemed like Bond was in on the joke he was making. Yeah. And, and then, it, it wasn't supposed to be clever. It was supposed to be like a dumb dad joke, and, then and that's it, like, what made it charming. Kind of the the last 
couple, I, I mean, really the last three, I guess, is, is, would be my cutoff. Um, Dalton and Brosnan both, I think it's been a little bit more kind of like dark humor. Sure. It's yeah. And a touch more of that. So it's, Which it's kind of Which is weird because this film is actually very dark in terms of the subject matter and like oh, certainly. The, the bad guys and the, the overall plot. But, but the they're, humor they're just is not calibrated yeah. correctly yeah. at all. Yeah. I get that. <clears throat> Anyways, that's 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 my uh I'm getting well, off guys, my soapbox. One thought here. Um Ravioli Steve. <laughs> 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 But it's but it, it's literally just Steve from Stranger Things, but his hair is re- replaced with ravioli. I was gonna suggest Winona Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we have to create Winyoki Ryder. You, you, you hurt my head a little. There. I saw it. I saw it. I was gonna be like Yoki Ned, but no, Winyoki Ryder. That's okay. Right. Winyoki never dies. Played by uh, Steve from Stranger Things. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Come on. With ravioli in his hair. No, he's no. He, his head is he's like a turtle with ravioli shell. <laughs> Guys, I feel like we don't want to chat about this movie all that Guys, much. I, lo- I, I don't know why. I love this McDonald Land cast of characters we're making. <laughs> I think. Excuse me, Olive Garden Land. Oh. Oh, we gotta have somebody, some villain that's themed around a bread basket. <laughs> I think, I think that, I think the bread basket—that's the uh, the working class. That's the, that's the people because because uh, yeah. we all we know that they have all the power. That that's why we go, but we're made to believe that it's the figureheads, these pastas, that have the power. Sure. When really the power is in the hands of the breadsticks. I'm just uh, like this is slowly Bond. Bond is head. saving the world for the breadsticks. Really, <laughs> this is slowly morphing in my head to like a like a Dark Souls universe, but with pasta people. Is a man not entitled to the sauce in his own wrapping? <laughs> no, says the man. Says the ravio. Says the, the 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 head chef. It belongs to the customer. No, says the sous chef. It belongs to me when it comes back on the plate. No, says the waiter. It belongs to my roommate when I take it home. Well, I say, and this is, of course, the mastermind behind this Andrew Ryan Gattoni. The author of All Our Pain. (laughs) My best thing about the world is not enough is, uh, like, the first 20 minutes. Sure. Um... There is a solid there is a solid moment there where I was like, man, if the rest of the movie is like this, we we might be in F plus ter- territory, um, hey, okay. which is which is really soon after I gave. I mean, F pluses those, those we don't we don't hand those I don't hand those out. I'm the only one who hands them out um, because no one else cares. Uh, but they they don't they don't come too often. But um, the first twenty minutes, it's like. There's this ridiculous boat chase with like an underwater boat thing. That was there around. was some good boat work in there. Some good, good stunts. Some, some good yeah. boat work. Good stunts. Um, the setup makes absolutely no sense. Exactly. Exactly. And the um, why does Q's retirement boat like have a, a thing that has it be able to launch out of MI6 headquarters? Man, I wish I knew. Um, Bond that was something straight out of Joel Schumacher Batman. Sure. Sure. Um, the 90s got weird. Bond uh, That's the, the equivalent of Val Kilmer, Bruce Wayne, having an elevator that sends him from Wayne Tower all the way to the Batcave. Correct. Um, <laughs> Bond uh, then, during this entire... There's there's more to this that I'm, I like enjoyed. Actually, there, there's one specific moment that I was like, oh yes, here we go. Um, but <laughs> the, the, first, the first inkling for me 
of like, oh, oh we might be onto something here, uh, was was following this boat chase. Um, the lady that Bond is trying to chase gets into a hot air balloon. Um, yeah. And then Bond is like, no, don't don't shoot. We can I can protect you. Um, and then she proceeds to to shoot the hot air balloon, and Bond like jump drops to the ground. She does something. I don't remember. I don't really care. Yeah, she um, shoots one of the gas canisters, which causes the, the the balloon to blow up. The balloon explodes. Yes, and I burst out laughing. <laughs> like, I was like, "Whoa, hold up here! <laughs> Did we just try to make that cool or scary or dangerous? Like what?" <laughs> And then Bond has to like stumble down the curtain of the or like the tent thing. I don't know what yeah. exactly it is. He's on something. Um, it's a neat. I li- I don't mind the idea of like it starting off right away and at um, MI6 headquarters and like I think that's a good starting place for an action scene. But it's all yeah. just so ridiculous and, and silly. Um, oh, the, the, there's an entire se- section of this where Bond is in the experimental boat and he's just like using flamethrower uh, boat jets to to shoot across like land and like smashing through restaurants and it goes on this section goes on for a good 30 seconds of him just like crashing through the street and just like what and a lot of like stunt people seemingly very close to that action or at least extras or something like it was impressive but it was also kind of what is happening um and then this this whole this all kind of ends uh there there's more discussion and there's another scene i don't know people talk um and ultimately (laughs) We have a final scene with Q. The last time we will see oh, yeah. this Q, uh, what, remind me the actor's name, Desmond um, Llewellyn. De- of course, yes. Um, who who we have loved the entire time that he's been in these movies. Um, he he says to Bond, he says, uh, re- "Well, basically, they're talking about John Cleese, maybe his like uh, successor." Yeah. Um, R. R. Yes. Uh, and uh, Bond says, you're not really going to retire, aren't you? And it's kind of a nice line delivery. Like, it's a little bit like, oh, yeah. he doesn't want to see him go. And then Q says, you you must always have an escape plan, Bond. I mean, he had, there's another line before yeah, that. Yeah. But no, he basically, says, I, 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 007, I've always tried to teach you two things. Number one, never let them see you bleed, which he's never, that's, yeah. Yeah, I don't, no. that makes no that's, sense. There's no way on anything. And the second Always have an escape plan. And then he proceeds to just float down through yep. the floor while looking up at Bond, just just rolling down into the floor. And I, I messaged our, our group at that point. I said, please tell me that is the last time we ever see this key. <laughs> and it is. It's, yep. it's, a, it's an amazing moment. <laughs> it's, you could Which not... Which is weird because he uh, apparently he passed like a month before the movie came out. Oh, wow. So it wasn't like... Well, it was in a car accident I read. Yeah, yeah, it was something yeah. like not health related. Jeez, right? Um, but it's just like, yeah, it's it's such a crazy moment because it's not like we see him. We hear like a whirring sound, it's like an elevator. Yeah, or something. yeah. But it's not like it, it's a close up shot on him, so he just sinks out of frame. Yes, yeah. it, it it it's it's not. It's surreal. It, it's, it's the surreal. kind of thing that could not possibly have have happened if they weren't like completely sincerely trying to send him off in a meaningful yeah. way. Like if they weren't trying to make it something like sweet, it's amazing. It's uh, yeah. And then after that, the entire movie is just boring. And that's my yeah. worst thing is I, that the the movie is two hours, and frankly, it could have been twenty minutes, and I would <laughs> just as fine. Yeah. Um. Jeez, it is a slog. It is. Um. So yeah, my my best thing was going to be the Q thing. It's so funny. It's so funny that, like, this character who I've enjoyed in these movies, and he's, like, a mainstay at this point in the franchise. Mm-hmm. He's, like, linked all of – because he was there from the beginning, I guess, right? 
I believe so, uh, right? He shows up in the second film. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, he's this mainstay of the thing, and he's going, and they just... And he's looking at him like you said. It's all, it's like how you would detract like the weird character in a cartoon. Yeah. You know that gif of um, Homer just like retreating into the yes. bushes. Yes. It's that, I've but used Q that going many a but, time. Yes, but it's that, but it's Q going down out of frame. Yes. So by that token, my best thing is, and I don't like this is my best thing, but Sophie Marceau and Denise Richards are both really pretty. Sure. And that's kind of how I feel about it. Um. Sophie Marceau, I think, is a very good performance in this movie as far as that kind of character goes. I think she's actually quite good. Um, no, no one holds a candle to Jonathan Price's and whatnot. And even uh, not, I, uh, Michelle Yeoh is better in the last movie. Yes. But I, I enjoyed what Marceau was doing, um, as silly as a lot of it was. Marceau feels like she's out of a different movie until the turn happens. And sure. then yes. she... It turns out, oh, she she's in a Bond movie. She she's actually that. been here the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But my, and so my worst thing would be that I don't think Denise Richards deserved a Razzie for this movie. I think she got hated on too much. No, I agree um, with that. I think she's – I don't think she – whatever. Like I don't think she's better or worse than Bond women are in these movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it, it – so obviously we, we take these movies to task a lot for misogyny and sexual and uh, mishandling of stuff. But like – and all the Bond women in these movies are sexualized, obviously. Right. So is Bond. But Denise Richards, and I, I, I haven't seen her in that many things, but from this movie, it would seem that she is a fairly well-endowed woman. And I don't know if there is wardrobe adjustment or padding or push-up bras or whatever being used to create that or if that's just the way she's built. Regardless, it doesn't matter – but the movie is so intent on you knowing that. Yeah. And some women, some people are built that way. And it doesn't really matter how you film them or what they wear. You're just going to know that. And it doesn't matter. But the movie is doing – is like working – they're like throwing water on her constantly. Yes. and she Or she's wearing like a, a tank top and, that's very tight. <clears throat> or yeah. she's wearing like a jacket that is constantly framed around her her chest. Right. And not – just that, but like going farther as well. To, I mean, even Sophie Marceau. Marceau, yeah, Marceau. Um, yeah, I mean, the, she's constantly like in bed with nothing but a blanket on her. Yeah. Um, the number of times Bond, I don't know if they're always trying to do the like, oh, the guy fell on the girl and now he, he's yeah, on top yeah, of yeah. her. How did that happen? Um, but they do, they do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, constantly, and it's 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 gross. It's just like yeah, for sure. They just keep doing it the entire movie. It's. I really felt like the last few movies, maybe they'd been trying to head in the right direction and bring this into the, mm-hmm. the 21st uh, century here, maybe. Uh, but it is just, yeah, obnoxious and, yeah, like the, yeah, yeah. The entire movie is is just trying to use them to as like eye candy. And it's yeah, like, why? completely. How and, did we get back here? And like. There, there are at least two scenes where Sophie Marceau's uh, the the blankets are just barely covering her. Yeah, and and look, there are plenty of movies that do that. Usually, those movies are romances. Those movies are <laughs> yes, like The English Patient or something, where it's yes. like everybody's. It, it, it's just, it, the the point is is to make the entire scene erotic and sensuous, yeah. not just hey, here you go, guys. Yeah. And then you've got again, like Denise Richards, who uh, both of these women are so pretty. Like you don't need to like accentuate anything about them; they just are pretty yeah. to me. 
but also like also like <clears throat> no no try to make them characters that'd be fun. that would be pretty cool wouldn't it and some of them are so they 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 seemingly she, she is a a, a I think she is a character. character they Denise do Richards, a thing with her yes Chris Jones um she's a physicist oh she physicizes things, guys. It's shoehorned as anything, and it's—I don't remember another Bond movie that I've seen that physically sexualized a female character as much as they did with Denise yeah, Richards. I don't think so. They're always—and and, and it's funny because like her her clothing isn't low cut. It's just everyone's making sure, like, you see how far out they are. Do you yeah. see? Yeah. It's just um, well, it makes it, it makes you wonder, like. Did they write the part knowing they were going to cast Denise Richards, or once they cast her, they were like, rewrite all that dialogue? Right, right. Yeah. It makes you yeah. wonder. Yeah, it, it it sure do. It's gross. I will also point out, though, <laughs> I know like one of the things people have said Tyler's about Tyler's review, F-, it was gross. <laughs> one of the things people have said about this movie is like, you can't buy Denise Richards as a scientist, because remember, pretty people can't be smart. Correct. Um but she that's why no one believes this podcast exists <laughs> they all they, you know exactly they're like <laughs> those three hunks no way <laughs> the top three hunks on regis's list <laughs> that's right everybody it's me i'm back baby um but there's a i will point out that denise richards pronounces the word nuclear correctly each time she says it pierce brosnan says nuclear at one point and I rewound it multiple times to make sure I heard it right. And he's, it's when he's yelling at Zukovsky and he's like, the power of a nuclear bomb. And I'm like, uh, caught it. Okay. Nope. Denise Richards, you said it right, you're, girl. You're making you, a good – You just paused it. I caught you. <laughs> you're making a good point. But um, can can Regis Philbin be the guy who um, greets you when, you when you first land in Olive Garden land <sighs> and he's just wearing a giant baguette on his head? <laughs> Hello, power to the people. Come on in. So listen, we you can choose your own type of pasta, your own type of sauce. You look like a cavatappi kind of guy. <laughs> now, Alex, I want to jump into the fiction real quick. Alex, thank you for coming to Olive Garden Land. I guess we could call it the Olive Garden, but that would be confusing. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of pasta? That'll determine what kind of sweets you get. Alex, I'm going to need you to stop laughing at the baguette head. It's part of the... <laughs> do you go When you go into Best Buy, do you laugh at their little shirts? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I do, but it's to make them know how powerful I am. Okay, they like, work for me. Okay, like how, Regis is getting a new TV. How 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 difficult do you think it would be to sort of remake society in such a way that all waiters, uh, retail staff, just everybody – and I say this as a retail staff person. I know how much I would hate this, but it's for my amusement, so you know what? It's fine. Um, just make everybody wear things on their heads that are related <laughs> to the places they're working because I really want – these, okay. Best Buy, these poor Best Buy employees that have to walk around with <laughs> like computers just, just and like printers TVs on their head. <laughs> like, uh, like... Stand still. I'm trying to watch Legend. And it can be a silly hat. It doesn't necessarily have to be no, the of course. thing. But I like the idea that Regis has to create a very specific power dynamic when he goes into Best Buy. <laughs> hey, sir, can we find anything today? I don't want Hercules DVDs. You listen to me. <laughs> look at your dumb shirt. What do you look at your farmer's tan there? Doesn't cover. What? You didn't have enough fabric for a whole sleeve? Get out of here. <laughs> Alex, you didn't tell me a favorite. Kind... I've got land again. <laughs> you didn't tell me a favorite kind of pasta. I'm not stopping the bit until you tell me. And if you say spaghetti, so help me God. Just tell him like the spaghetti. pasta. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. With a little bit of butter, we've all heard the song. Alex, what's your favorite kind of pasta? <laughs> Is it tagliatelle? Is it farfalle? Come on, hey, whoa. 
I kind of just want to withhold it now to make you upset. <laughs> well, I'm getting so steamed, I'm looking like the little angry guy in, in Inside Out. Tyler, what Ooh. else do you want to say about The World Is Not Enough? I'm going to say your favorite pasta is lasagna. Just to, I want to see where this goes. Okay, lasagna. All right, lasagna. That means you go to a very messy spa. Now, come on down here. Which, first thing you got to do, the, 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 you, the have to, la- you completely disrobe. Sorry, sorry, sorry. To clarify, the lasagna? Oh, my God. All right, we can be done. Now. No, 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 no. I need. We need to put that up on the big board. Uh, I think you've won the prize for best joke. You got to come on over to our La Spagna. La 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 Spagna. That's right. Weird Al is always on the speakers over here. You're gonna be. You're gonna completely disrobe. Weird Al Dente. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, that was good. Uh, okay, now we are starting a Patreon to create the Olive Garden land. <laughs> Pasta themed uh, theme park. <laughs> or at least more puns related exactly. to Exactly. We just, we just need. Now, Alex, this I'm going to ask you to completely disrobe. I will not leave the room. Then <laughs> <laughs> you submerge yourself in a meat sauce bath. You're going to feel a lot of things in there. I can't promise you that any of them are anything. This was originally like a James Bond thing we were doing. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. This is originally a movie podcast that I wasn't on. (laughs) And then after that, you're going to wrap yourself in one of our warm pasta towels. Oh, boy. And then, what else is lasagna? Well, layers of it, I guess. Then you're just going to kind of roll around a lot. Ricotta? Well, ricotta is where we fold you in a little, like a little sleeping bag, like a little papoose kind of situation, and we carry you around on a little guy's back. (laughs) I like the idea of... So, it started off as a movie. Has it it turned into a theme park? Is that where we're at now? It started as a Scorsese (laughs) film. I was going to (laughs) say... Such a, a, a Bojack Horseman joke yeah. of Scorsese di- directing an Italian food themed theme park. Oh my god! Like this is my next great challenge. <laughs> I mean, it's it's oh, like geez. he said, movies have become theme park rides. <laughs> so he's taking that, that to his logic. How, how did none of us connect the dots on that? Oh fast. my god! I was gonna say Weird Al Dente is where he just does food parodies, but that's already Weird Al. <laughs> Um. Okay. Who? So now we're gonna. Now we're gonna talk about Robert Carlyle in the film. Who? Robert Carlyle plays Renard. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Carlyle, who of course known to everyone from Once Upon a Time, uh, a, ah. as as uh, uh, Goldfinger. <laughs> no, as, as Mr. Gold, as Mr. Gold, uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Um, I thought he was good in this. I liked the makeup on him. I liked that it wasn't too crazy i liked this whatever subtlety they had to it i do not buy for a second and i know like attaching science to this movie is like trying to create i don't know it's it's a preposterous idea but like that a bullet hit him but didn't go all the way through so it means that he's gradually losing his senses as the bullet gets closer to his brain or whatever. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't know that was part of it. Oh yeah, there's the, the doctor Bond seduces explains like it's in the medulla oblongata, yeah, and, and we, so as it travels through, have... he gradually loses because all the all your five senses are laid out in a line. 
Yeah, and they have like a, an Iron Man esque like three D hologram that they're all looking at of just yeah. Robert oh, Carlyle's Carlyle's face. Is that what that was? Yeah. Yes, and they yeah. were trying to explain the bullet in his head. That was uh, embarrassing. So it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, yeah. so it's like you're you're going. It's, it's like it, it's one by one removing his senses, and I I will say I like the way Robert Carlyle played. Whenever he and Sophie Marceau were being intimate, she was trying to like. I like the way he played that. I can't feel you right now. Yeah, and like I'm touching you, but I can't actually feel anything that's happening. And he punches and the glass box. This all with the makes ice in it. so much more sense now. Because How did you I not remember that? Come scene. on. <laughs> oh, good. Um, yeah, that scene was. This movie sort of felt like it wanted to be R, but like yeah. they would never have signed off on it. Well, like the scene where um. They have some of his henchmen visit him at like that Hindu whatever with the the eternal fire, and he just sticks one of the 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 rocks yeah. that's on fire in the dude's hand. Mm. <laughs> like it's really actually kind of violent. Yeah. Well, um, they, they they pull a shard of glass out of his hand after he punches whatever yeah. it is in the the yeah, bedroom. Glass, yeah. I think the my main problem with it is not so much that that's kind of a ludicrous concept because we've had that a lot in in these Bond movies. Um, and it won't stop when we get to mm-hmm. the next movie. Anyways, um, I think my problem is there's no escalation. It's not like he slowly gets he, – he's not more physically imposing as the movie progresses. He doesn't get stronger, and there's not really like a ticking time clock or time bomb mm-hmm. on, oh, he's going to die on this day. So they need to accomplish yeah. their bad guy right, plot right. before then. There's nothing there. Um, so I feel like – Good character, good idea, not executed in the best way. And I kind of feel the same way about Sophie Marceau's character as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I really like the idea of of starting off thinking she's kind of this damsel in distress that has a lot of PTSD. But then she ends up being the mastermind behind the whole thing. I really like that switcheroo. Yeah. And that's, I think, the the part of the movie that most had my interest beyond the first, like, opening um yeah it's just up to that, that point you're just like where is where is this yeah, movie going like yeah. it doesn't really feel like it has <coughs> it hasn't justified its, its existence the, yet the entire shootout at the like oil place whatever it is where it's all exploding sure um which part there's multiple away. places where everything's exploding halfway through the movie they're yeah, all the there's, first there's a big shootout is um, it is it when he de- meets Denise Richards yes. and they're underground? Okay, that's yes. that's where they're disarming nuclear weapons. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and and that whole sequence felt like the the, the big third act finale of the yeah, movie. Yeah, as as the guy who who's always going on and on about how he likes a good Bond gunfight, I really yeah. like that scene, and I like sure. how just the escalating tension of him him showing up and him realizing that Renard's down there. Um, and kind of cornering him and, and, and considering whether or not to kill him. And then he yeah. starts hearing that, oh, how, do, how does he – he's repeating lines that Electra has said to him. Oh, that's kind of weird. But and then also, it escalates with the, the Russian guys coming down. And, I don't know. I, I, I like that. That is to me so, – so getting into the, the twist with her where it's like, oh, she tries to send Bond and Denise Richards down the oil pipe to, to, and blow him up. Um, yeah. To, like – Make herself look innocent. Yeah, all that yeah. stuff is fine. Um, I think that's a neat twist. I, I, I don't mind that. Um, and like, so it's like, okay, Bond. Bond makes. The, I mean, they both totally would have died. <laughs> um, like, not not to you know talk up the the physics of this movie and the logistics and the realism of this movie, but like, 
Come on, they're, they're mean, in like a... Pre- to be fair, the movie starts with like, oh, let's try and give Bond a semi-realistic injury. So he falls and he hurts his shoulder and it hurts him for yeah. the rest of the movie. It's one of those weird things where it's like, okay, he's he's done this like 50,000 times and this is the one time yeah. that it hurts him. Yeah. And mm. then he's doing all this other stuff yeah. within the movie. Um, but that that overall, that twist, I was like, okay, I'm, I may be back on board here. Um, I was not really, as it turns out. <laughs> but... Uh, the fact that like he figures it out because the guy says the line, I mean, there, there's some other bits too. Like he talks about the shoulder and, and so on. Um, but just like, there's a couple of very specific bits where it's like, Oh, this is how he figures out that she betrayed them. Um, that just felt very like dumb and trivial <laughs> and just sort of like, that doesn't, Maybe. that doesn't feel like it was set up in a way that would, cause it all kind of happens if I'm not mistaken in one scene, like, he meets Renard, and Renard's like, oh, yes, your shoulder is hurt. Ha, ha, ha. Also, here's the line that she said earlier. Ha, ha, ha. And I'm going to try and kill you. Oh, no, well, you got away. Well, the reason he says that line, I, I assume... Well, I don't know if he actually knows that Electra has said that to Bond. So right. there's a and question that's, there. That's but Bond like. is about to shoot him in the head, and he says that line, and that's what makes Bond pause and not kill him. Yeah, why did you say that name, etc. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it's, it's a Martha moment. Um, I would yeah, th- I would say much better than a Martha moment, but you know, <laughs> it was his mother's motto. <laughs> I well, did I, like I, the bit where where Bond is like, also oh, his I mom's hate, spaghetti. I <laughs> kill, killing a cold uh, or a man in cold blood is a filthy business, and I really just want to smash cut to every time Bond has done that throughout this series because he's done it a lot. Sure. <laughs> I, I do like the idea of Eminem coming to the Oscars. <laughs> I, you know what? Maybe Eminem, Anthony Ramos, and Gal Gadot were really into it. Sure, I, I, but I, I liked the the whole thing of Sophie Marceau. Is I, I thought that bare bones the way they handled that. Like, is she or isn't she the bad guy? I thought that was interesting, and I was like, yeah. oh, I'm actually surprised. Okay, all right. Again, yeah. lo, low low scale impressed impressed here, but still, I was. I'd also like to point out that, and again, this is not that important in an action movie, but because I didn't like the movie, I'm going to be, I'm going to do this because this is the kind of thing that in a good movie you excuse, but in a bad movie you point out you can't outrun an explosion. <laughs> well, yeah, you can get out of the blast radius. Yeah, yeah. But like, there's having to explode, and <laughs> James Bond is like on, he's like clotheslining his way down, mm-hmm. and he's like just getting ahead of the smoke, and I'm like again, or the the the, the fire, yes. like again. I, I don't complain about this in most action movies right. because it's a movie. It's a fantasy land. Whatever. This one is very, very bad about that. But, and that's what yeah. I was talking about with the pipeline thing where they're, they're writing on this – in case anyone has not seen this movie, which why would you? Um, <laughs> they're, they're writing on this, this pipeline machine trying to like hook up to the, the bomb that's sliding along the pipeline. And the whole point is that the bomb is actually not a nuclear bomb, but it's still big enough to kill them. And they, they jump out. Or, or the, yeah, they drop off, and Bond waits. Like it shows you how long there is until the bomb goes off, yeah, and they wait yeah, until yeah, yeah. like I remember this ten or five seconds before it goes off, and then it shows it blow up like this massive section of the pipeline, um, and like they're inside of this small container uh-huh. where it's like clearly this explosion would would send these shock waves that would just rip their bones into yeah. pieces, yeah. like. Yeah, I don't it's, know why he waits so long before having them jump. Just like he looks at it and he goes, "Oh no, what do I?" Uh, bombs, they explode. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> well, like the, time to go. Feats I, don't fail me now. I don't know if this is from maybe it's the Hangover. I don't know about the Zach Galifianakis. 
Yeah, I think it's from The Hangover with, with Zach Galifianakis and like it's a gif with him and a bunch of like numbers floating across his brain as he's looking <laughs> yep. around. Yeah. Um, oh, what a deep movie. I know. I um, <laughs> it's, it's but like uh, yeah, it feels like that. Like, definitely oh, not sure. a theme park ride. That feels like a movie that I you could not make today. Because <laughs> 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 um, it would bomb. What? Um, I, I a bombs. There we go. Back yeah, back at it. Looped it around. Um, yeah, and, you know what and, else loops around? Roller coasters. Now, what kind of roller coasters would Martin Scorsese uh, place in Olive Garden Land? Okay, I'm thinking it is. Okay, I'm thinking it's like. I feel like we're. I want to. I want to go ahead and, and stop you before we go too far. I. I feel like we're we're focusing too much on the pasta. Olive Garden has other things to offer. They've got pizza. Um, oh, that's like the Tilt a Whirl. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ferris wheel. Maybe Ferris wheel. Oh, um, Tilt a Whirl and Ferris wheel. I think that works. I think like uh, there's got to be enough, some kind of just like Papa John's logos everywhere. <laughs> like what? a fu- like a fusilli. Like <laughs> fusilli is the corkscrew pasta. There's got to be something <laughs> where you like slide down a fusilli. Papa John's. So. I feel like we may need to Papa too. Don because it's a mobster thing. Sure, we may need to re- reconfigure right, this uh, because I feel like it would it would work better if it was Olive Garden World, and then we could have Papa John's Land inside of Olive Garden oh, World. Oh, yeah, I think it's like the more, Epcot. Yes, it's like Epcot, or you or, go get pizza from around your the Animal world. Kingdom or such. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you know they've got salads. Um, okay, the roller coaster is totally you ride in like a macaroni. Okay. Yeah. You, you, unlike all, remember all those crafts commercials where the dinosaur was like we're gonna go to this like crazy cheese just hell and we're gonna like <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna just like surf on some cheese okay, okay. so, so, so uh, at Olive Garden World we've got we've got Papa John's land at Olive Garden World and then we've got crazy crafts crazy cheese hell at Olive Garden World <laughs> yep 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 um God, I want pasta really bad right now. <laughs> I don't. Man, oh I really man. don't. I could just kill some, like, tagliatelle. Humans. <laughs> People who wronged me. Uh-huh. But no, uh, the, what I was saying about the explosion, it, 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 it's it's like how I feel about the Renard brain sense, sensory loss thing. Yeah. In a movie that works really well, I tend to like okay, I get it. You, this is just your 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 way of getting us into this. Movie science, we, Jurassic Park has great movie science where you're like, I know this isn't real, but I buy it enough for the movie. Let's go. But then, if I if this was like a really fun movie, I'd be like, whatever, it's dumb. Who cares? Yeah. But because I didn't enjoy the movie that much, I'm like, I also now want to point out yeah. these silly things that don't work. Because a lot of it feels. I mean, in a lot of the same ways they treat the woman, um, yeah. it feels very cynical in that it's just like I don't know. People like explosions. Let's see. Like this, sure. this, the explosions in this movie offended me more than any Michael Bay movie ever has <laughs> because like those have very specific like sort of. Uh, aesthetics and like yeah. he's it doing a lot like, of other insane stuff at the same time it felt These, like every action scene was just taking it five steps too far yes like every action scene, like the the skiing sequence with the parahawks mm-hmm. hey, we need parahawks yeah and those the, when the two like things crashed together know. and they immediately exploded i'm like they wouldn't explode they would just kind of smash and then fall well the worst yeah. part is the 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 shot showing bond and uh electra before that bond's just standing there like an idiot not like oh that's <laughs> that explosion's about that like he's taken off his gloves he thinks yeah. he's done for the day it's weird um 
There is a, I do like a bit in that where, um, in the skiing scene where the, uh, is it Parahawk? Is that, is that what you're referring to there? Where the, he like thinks that he's, it's, it goes flying off the edge and he makes some dumb joke. And then it shows it. the lodge. Yes. That, which was actually not bad. It's Um, not a pun. Right. Right. Um, but then, uh, it shows the parachute and his reaction is pretty good of like being like, Oh, fine. Um, and then it comes back around. Um, but yeah, the, it really, this feels like, and actually I, I had a, a question about this. Um, yeah. when did the GoldenEye video game come out? 97. Okay. Cause this, this movie feels like a video game. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, there's so like, this movie feels like it was designed to be like, make a movie that we can then make a video game off of. And I don't even know if they did. They did. I, I would assume there was some tie in. They um, did. But like, it, it's, it's so just, it's so action heavy. It's just action. The explosions aren't aren't really like time to be satisfying, or like aren't really filmed to be satisfying. They're just kind of the oh, we're blowing blowing something up. Um, the set, a lot the of... set pieces aren't super inventive. It's more just like what what vehicle can the bad guys use? The, I and noticed blow that too. Everything up. They bring back the. Um, I think you were talking about this. They bring back the the helicopter chopper thing, like with the the chainsaw d- dangling from it. Um, that wasn't yeah. that in. Wasn't there one of those? That's how a. Uh, What's her name died in uh, Goldeneye, right? No, the, I mean there were helicopters in that, and there's one in Tomorrow Never Dies with the motorcycle. Tomorrow Never Dies, but the, it, yes, but yes, yes, yes. This one in particular has the spinning blades at the bottom of it, which is just completely impractical. But I know it's a Bond that, movie, but just is, like send in a team of guys with guns. <laughs> is that not what the case for one of them in the last two movies? I swear, one of the last two movies also has a helicopter with with blades dangling from it. No, the last one has the um, the the device that they send underwater to destroy the boats, and then that's how uh, Jonathan Price gets killed. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I, I mean, uh, the helicopter. I think that you do use try. They try and use the spinning blades at the top of the helicopter in the last film to to. No, kill no, 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 no. I know, yeah, I know that, but I, I'm talking about specifically. I swear no. there was one where there was dangling. Hmm. Yeah, when during that whole sequence, I kept thinking like, "This feels like an enemy in a video game." That's exactly what I was making that point because I, th- yeah. I don't know what I'm thinking of then, but I swear I, I saw that and I thought like, "Oh, it's like when you have when you you know you can only have so many or create so many enemies for a video game, so you just reuse yeah, yeah, them yeah, later yeah. In, the, yeah. in the." Which appropriately, maybe that's why I thought of Horizon Zero Dawn <laughs> when sure. I was watching it. You know, like I just feel like I would be diving out of the way of that whole thing. I did like oh, how helicopters in Horizon Zero Dawn, Britain. That's a good game, though. <laughs> I did like how they had another BMW in, in in this one, and then right as Bond's about to use it, it gets destroyed. And I, sure. I I do like his line where he's like, "Oh, Q's gonna not not gonna like this." Yeah. Um. I I like when they're <laughs> able to subvert it in little. You know, they they got little yeah. ways of twisting it. Um. And I know it's just like, oh, it would have been great to see a, a fun action scene with with that car, but you know, it's fine. We've had we've had fun action sequences with cars before, like like in Tomorrow Never Dies. Like All right, I'm, still, I'm going to continue litigating this because I'm still stuck on this, and we have nothing else to talk about, clearly. No, um, that's okay. What, what, the, how does uh, Famke Johnson die in GoldenEye? She, that's the, the parachute. That we, you guys the, are confused The plane. About. She's like bungee courting out no, of no, the no, plane. No, no, no. I, I know she dies because the tree hits her too hard or whatever. Um, but <laughs> the um, – because isn't she attached to 
the helicopter? Bond shoots the enemy helicopter, killing the pilot. So the helicopter just like falls away. And so she's attached to and the she's helicopter? attached okay. to the bungee cord yeah, that's connected to the helicopter, and she gets pulled against the branches, and I guess it breaks her back or something. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, really, Famkes or Jansen. Now, <laughs> oh my god. So this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was no, it do, I don't. I don't feel that strongly about it. It just, you know what I mean? Is that it's worse? Just, it's like a movie. It's just like, I think whatever, dude. The strange thing for me is that so many of the actors are taking it dead seriously. Sure. Yeah, like Robert Carlyle, Sophie Marceau, oh, yeah. Judy Dench. Like they're all acting. Like they're going for it. Who I think are and, all good in the movie. And like this is the same <sighs> movie where Pierce Brosnan goes. I can't believe Christmas. Uh, it comes twice a year. Yeah, Bro- yeah. Brosnan, as much as his comedy falters in this, I think he handles the anger and the quote-unquote dramatic stuff a little better. I'm like, okay, Brosnan, which is good stuff in here. Because I feel like this movie is simultaneously giving him you know, more humor to, to have to deal with, and it's worse humor, ultimately. Right. But then it's also giving him more dramatic moments, and it feels like we're actually trying to do something with Bond. Yeah. yeah. Mostly in how he's he's relating to Elektra, even though them getting together is kind of forced and I don't buy him caring about her all that much as fast as he does. The funniest intention, the funniest thing in the movie to me that was an actual joke and not something I'm laughing at was when John Cleese, the great John Cleese, um, during the scene he's being introduced and blah, blah, blah. He's getting, he's finishing a car, a car he's working on and he shuts the car door and the, like the tail of his jacket gets caught mm. yeah. and he tries to walk away and it snags and instead of looking down, he just like looks around at eye level and he's a very tall man <laughs> and he's looking like like the opposite direction from Bond so the camera's like the back of his head and he's just like, what's going on? What's happening? It's very funny because John Cleese is very funny. Correct. And, and then like at the end when they're watching the horrible moment where they see the body signatures and... Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh god! And they're like, Christmas and uh, Bond are, are you know? Is this the worst going. version of yes. MI, the MI six headquarters yeah. catching Bond sleeping? The, with the, the girl? best is the one where the Queen is on the phone with Roger Moore. Correct. That's the best one. Incorrect. I changed my vote. That's the worst one. No, that's oh, I loved that. That is so funny. Correct. Um, <laughs> that's got a parrot in it, and. Um, but yeah, that's all just gross. Kiss. But then, like, uh, Cleese has some line that's kind of funny. Because, again, it's because Cleese is funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Also, in a movie where we're supposed to very quickly buy that Bond is, like, very, like, he deeply cares about Elektra, and we're supposed to buy him, like, being super bent out of shape about killing her at the end. Yeah. You don't start the movie by having him, like, have sex with with the uh, doctor. the doctor. Yeah, yeah. Make a joke about it being unethical. There's also a really terrible, like genuinely ethically challenging joke where he's talking to, I believe it's Electra, and about like, no, I'm going to come with you. I'm going to come with you on the mission. She's like, you don't take no for an answer, do you? And he goes, no. And yeah. I was like, that's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> Considering like the history of this character. No, guys. I don't know if we're asking the really important question here. Um, are there any directors who would be better at creating a theme park than Martin Scorsese? Hmm. That's a good question, Tyler. Let's talk about Robbie Coltrane. 
James Cameron is the obvious <laughs> answer to this question. Okay. Or Michael Bay or you know Wes Anderson. <laughs> I want to see I want to see Zack Snyder's Nightmare Theme Park. I want to I want Oh, to- actually, you know what? Tim Burton, I bet would actually come up with some pretty dope ideas for theme park. That's probably true. I mean, he already did. Did you see the Arctic Wonderland in Batman Returns? See? Sure. sure. But the the thing is you also got to follow through. And that's True. that's I think the key here. And and I guess the other question is do movie directors and theme park directors is there a good overlap there? Cuz like Walt Disney, the original the OG theme park director, yeah, yeah. um, you know, he, he made films. Made I don't know if he directed, films. quote unquote, but Yeah, yeah. Isn't there a scene in this movie where Bond puts on sunglasses and it's like x-ray vision? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And, and he's just eyeing every single oh, girl in the room and then God. that gadget does not come back. And it's too late. He's seen everything. Yeah. I remember that part. That just entered my brain. All right. Thought over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what about this, like this, Edgar Wright? Oh, that would be fun. I think that'd be like a really like ironic theme park where you come in. They're like, "There's a lot of stuff that doesn't seem like it's going to pay off." But then at the end of the park, you're Mm -hmm. like, "I Mm -hmm. totally see why they gave us the big corn dog." Yeah. How about how about Edgar Wright and Taika Waititi team up for this? This that'd be good. That'd be good. That'd be fun. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about what Taika would bring to the table aside from just like. I think Funny, not He would play literally every mascot at well, the I theme think, park. Well, I think that's Taika would be like the the spokesperson for the park. You know, right. he'd be he'd be he'd be rolling up and be like, he's like the uh, the the bald uh, Six Flags guy <laughs> from the old commercials. Yes, I think is that is that a, a, a not nationwide campaign? The Venga Bus song. Have, I think so. Yeah. Have we given Have we given away our secret location, or is that a? No, I think everybody. I think everybody okay. knows. Okay. Um, the, our secret location in uh, we're in Kansas, Overland Park, uh, Saskatchewan. Um, oh wait, we were in Overland Park last week. Sorry, <laughs> whatever it was. We're traveling. It's a traveling show. It's a traveling show. Um. <laughs> Stupid podcast <laughs> <laughs> that I love. I love it. I love it. You know, what I, I just, don't love. I just like this movie. In, yes. in a world where like your hustle exists and gives us like a window into San Quentin uh, Correctional Facility and like is like this socially necessary thing that's eye opening about like what incarcerated men go through <laughs> and ninety nine percent invisible, which opens our eyes to like all these details of architecture and history. Yeah, I think we're, we're like probably as good as this. I think so because we're on <laughs> here like, what if you could be on a macaroni roller coaster? We're we're at least as 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 a macaroni powerful. coaster and as insightful. I think so. At least. Sometimes we, we, we reach Maybe heights better. that are greater Maybe. than that. Maybe better. Yeah. Maybe. So Robbie Coltrane in this movie. He is in this with a very clearly fake mustache. Yeah. Um, I. He dies in it too. His personality is distinctly different from how he is in GoldenEye. Remind me. <laughs> he's very, did... he's yes. very antagonistic towards Bond in GoldenEye. And I guess they kind of mend their friendship, so to speak. Sure. In that movie, but it's just weird how like one of his first lines is just like, "Come on, chill out, James. <laughs> it's no big deal." Well, they also like every time they see each other, they act like there's there's a lot of, a lot of guns being pointed and people getting smashed into stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like Robbie Coltrane on principle. I I do like the fact that they 
bring back these, like whether it's Jodon Baker in the last one or Robbie Coltrane in this one, I do appreciate how they're trying to make it feel like like it's a cohesive world. And then sure. we have like Colin Salmon back as as um, yeah. uh, Robertson, and and like he he doesn't like do a whole lot in terms yeah, of the plot, but it's just nice that he's there. It makes it feel like, oh hey, this is a consistent universe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then also having Zukovsky actually matter in terms of the plot and right. him showing right. up to kind of save the day at the end. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Stuff. He's kind of like a gruff, a meaner version of um, John Rhys Davies in the Indiana Jones movies. A little yeah. bit, a little bit. Um, do we want to talk about the weird no. torture chair? Oh right, yeah. that by shooting. When he shoots the cuff off of James Bond's leg, that releases all the tension in the whole chair for him? Probably. No, I, I don't think that was the idea. I think the, it was just that Bond could – like he could move his arm to um, grab – I think he he grabs Electra and like pushes her to the ground or something. Anyways, he's able to get his arm free so he can unhook himself everywhere. Oh, but I thought he shot – I thought the leg cuff is what came off. No, I, I think, I, it was I think he arm. shot the arm cuff. Oh, but then okay. also like uh, – Electra completely ignores that. Like she, she does not notice at all. Yeah, and well, she's like, well, oh, even, she, even though it took him she, a full minute of aiming, she to, does think uh, she, she, she does thinks think that, that Zukovsky tried, tried to shoot him. Right, but then like there's a pretty loud noise. Like there's a sound effect that's pretty like a ding. Yeah, and she doesn't like look and like like she doesn't think about the fact that I don't know. It's it, we've encountered dumber villains in these movies. Sure. Now, guys, there, there's something there's something big we've been missing. I think mm-hmm. um, Steven Spielberg directed jo- Jurassic Park. He did. He did. Which oh, is he a theme did. park. Yeah. So, y- and he probably has something to do with Universal Studios. Would the skills translate? Do you think? We'll do you think s- directing a movie about a theme park? Yeah. Would then allow you to direct a theme park? Will said well. skills pay the bills? Well, uh, I think in Spielberg's case, most likely. Because I think if you walk around a parking lot with your hands up like that, like you, like a camera That's guy, true. you would you would get a good vibe for like okay, we can put like the, the this is where the parking there, lot goes and, and this, your big corn dogs. Your, your big corn. Britain. I haven't been to a theme park. I've not been to one. Wait, I've been to a street fair. It was Dickensian themed, which is very in line with my personality. That is not a theme park. No, I'm just trying to think of stuff I've been to. Target. Uh. <laughs> Alex, how many theme parks have you been to? Have you been in any theme parks, Alex? Yeah, I've been to theme parks. Oh, all right. right. So what's what is your uh, all right, BMOTP all right, so, over so, here? Uh, yeah, what what where you been? When you think of a theme park, what do you, you know? What's what comes? What, what's in your theme park? Your mind theme park. But first of all, tell me which ones you've been to. I've been to to the the Disney one in Florida. Is that Disney World? That is Disney, Disney World. Disney World. Yeah. That's a big. That's a big boy. Um, and then I've been to Universal Studios. There you go. Okay. <laughs> what did um did E. T. like poke at you or whatever happens in that one? There is an E. T. right there. Yeah. It's very boring. Alex <laughs> I'm trying to remember what rides I actually Give went on. Me legs. <laughs> I, I, I have a, a Simpsons f- joke. It's a Simpsons joke. <laughs> I have a fear of roller coasters. There so was limited... there is a Simpsons ride at Universal Studios. Okay. I've never been on a roller coaster, Alex, because I believe the I The Simpsons that ride I remember being okay. Yeah. Well the problem is that it replaced the Back to the Future ride, which is far superior. Even though I haven't I've been never on the been Simpsons on it, ride. so I missed out. Right. 
Now, Alex, what is in your mind theme park? This could be an Alex-themed park, which I think is a parking lot, or <laughs> or it could be just whatever. But man, does it have big corn dogs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what's what's in your mind theme park? I was just gonna say T two the ride. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's, That's it. it? That is the lamest thing, by the way. Are there stamps there? Can I buy them? <laughs> Somehow, it's the best of all the sequels to Terminator 2, and it's still abysmal. <laughs> Anyways. What's in your mind, theme park, Tyler? <laughs> Ooh, boy. You can't call it Thailand. That's taken. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> copywriting it right now. They never tried. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know... Uh, roller coasters and big corn dogs are certainly a sure. Part. Sure, you, you can't not have those. Yeah, you, you got to work um, out. From I there, think the yeah. Ferris wheel. You need a big center. There, there's always got to be something big in the center. And I don't know, right? Like what? Like I feel like we could do an entire podcast, and we sort of have um, discussing which what the big item, the big icon of the center. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. you know, um, it's Disney a giant World, right? statue of Tyler. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, it's Disney. him. It's him dressed up like the Statue of Liberty. Correct. <laughs> and I'm holding a big corn dog. <laughs> um, I, you're, you're holding you're holding a corn dog in one hand, and I, I don't know some Stephen King book in the other. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, it's the, the it's, it's, called, it's the Bible, sir. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> I was going to say the stand, but <laughs> or that. I like that. Oh, I no, the, say, no oh. I'm, sta- I'm standing on the stand. Of course, of course. <laughs> the stand is the stand. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> You're talking about the big centerpiece of your so, Tyler-themed park. So, uh, but, but like, you know, Disney World, they're, they're, it's got four parks. Right. The Epcot with the big, the big golf ball, um, shiny, uh, and then, and then um, MGM Studio. No, they Animal? call it something else now. Um, Hollywood Studios, I think is actually oh, okay. what it's called. And it's got a big, like, Mickey Mouse hat, or it did, maybe it's oh, gone wow. now, I don't know. Um, and then, like, you got Cinderella's Castle, of course, sure. and you've got, uh, the, the big tree in yeah. Animal Kingdom. Um, so, like, what would be, it doesn't necessarily have to be all of Garden Land, but it can be, but what, what would be at the, the center of Scorsese's, uh, theme park, do you think? I think it would be, uh, De Niro. <laughs> Just a giant head of De Niro. The old head of De Niro. <laughs> or you know, you know what it would be? It would be a giant replica of the the moon with the with the rocket inside <laughs> that George Melies did. Uh, yeah, the center of my theme park would just be a big old otter tank where you can play with a bunch that's of otters. Pretty good. Is it shaped like anything? It's sh- probably shaped like. What's my favorite like shaped thing? <laughs> Things have shapes, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe like, you know, what? it's probably shaped like, uh, like a cavatappi, or some kind of like, you know, very twirling, swirling pasta, and then in it, and you have to ride the Polar Express to get there, because I love that movie. <laughs> so it's like it's like the part <clears throat> in the Polar Express where the, the train's going up the mountain. Yeah, and hot chocolate. But and it, all that instead, it's a giant piece of pasta. Right, but you ravioli. ride that. Not, not ravioli. Um... Capitapi? Whatever. I mean, sure, but I'm thinking... I'm think, what's the, the traditional spiral spiral pasta? I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but you ride that to the center, and then you get to play with the otters. And yes. all the otters are named like Richard Jenkins. <laughs> Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price, you know. Um, Is there an attempt to give 
otter punts to these otters? No, names, I mean, you can, but not really. It's ultra obvious. Um, the announcer, the kind of like pre-recorded voice that tells you everything is, is Tiny Tina from Borderlands 2. So it's always like, hey, what's up, shouty? You want to go play with the otters? Yeah! And stuff like that. Sure. Now, these otters, um, are you attempting to create uh, or cultivate uh, clones of these actors by capturing their souls within these otters? And the otters are just like their hosts until yes. we can bring... Um, uh, we, uh, we have to go. We, we're not at liberty to discuss this at this time. And then my press secretary, Josh Gad, scuttles away. <laughs> they asked me so many weird questions. They were all so angry. What did I do? Is Josh Gad both your secretary and the voice inside your head? Well, that's narrating he your is bio. now. <laughs> and also at some point in the, in the theme park, Anna Kendrick, there's an Anna Kendrick thing. Sure, I don't know what sure. it is, but she's there. And the gift shop is just you can buy a lot of copies of Anomalisa, <laughs> uh, that movie I like so now, much. Now, um, what is Quentin Tarantino's theme park like, and how big of a waiver do you have to sign? <laughs> <laughs> um, the answer to both questions is very. <laughs> I would also say in mine, in, in all the restaurants, the only uh, utensil you're given is a bone tomahawk. <laughs> <clears throat> So, what else is in? Wait, oh, wait. George Lucas. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. That's the right. That's the. the I don't I know mean, what that is. I mean, but nothing's it's real. It's just one big green screen, and you have to look <laughs> at a screen. You have to look at a TV that's like five hundred feet away okay. to see what's going on behind. But you. also, like, what if George Lucas just like? I feel like he would do something. And then he gives like you that. some popcorn or something. Sure. I feel like he would do something like that when he's like eighty years old. And he just like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up a theme park ride, and and it would be it would be this crazy thing that every everyone thinks is is insane, but it's actually like this giant like VR theme park that would be like actually dope. I feel like he could do it. I mean, he's been he's been. You, know, you just you just uh, you put on a helmet, you open your eyes, and you're uh, you're in Gungan Land. You're <laughs> hanging out with uh, Jar 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 and friends. <laughs> it's called Naboo, sir. Hey, casual. It's called Naboo. Uh, the Naboo you, uh, are, are the people above water, sir? No, no. It, the whole planet is Naboo. The, uh, yeah, but the people are called the Naboo that live above the water. Did you watch my movie, The Phantom Menace? Yeah, I, I did, I but it's it. not called Naboo. Oh, I, my God. It's not called Gungan it. Land. <laughs> I can't keep going with it. I own you. <laughs> I am the Lord the, of your The God. great thing about uh, the VR theme park is that uh, once you uh, go there, you can actually you can be in other theme parks. So... You can just Ready can, Player One that ish, you can, dude. Uh, you can uh, VR theme park yourself into Crap's Chiso. <laughs> I kept asking Stephen if he wanted to help me build my theme park, and he said, "No, man, you've got it." <laughs> and then he built a better one. <laughs> and then he oh. built a better one. And Harrison Ford went to that one, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> George, how come every time I want to have like like a burger, I have to pull it out of somebody's chest? Like that's how the that's how all the everything is designed. It's like I'm pulling it out of ah oh, man. What is he? What the, is it? Kalimal? Kalimal. Because I'm just yeah. imagining like you you go you get you get you're getting in line. It's a, it's a, it can be a big corn dog, but burger, sure. Thank you. Um, maybe a turkey leg. I don't know. Um, but you're going to get it from the and yeah. just every time you you go to get it. 
George Lucas just walks over to you and leans in real close and starts saying, Kalima, Kalima, Kalima. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. He just says that. Yes. And you're just like, oh my God, something horrible is about to happen to me. And then, and then you take it and you walk away and he just sprints off. And then also, you, right, and then right you into the eat bushes. amusement park f- food. So yes, something did bad. Did <laughs> it's horrible did happen to you. And there's a very strict dress code where if you're wearing a long sleeve shirt, they snip off the forearms. Um, I believe you can only be wearing flannel and blue jeans. <laughs> Anything else is uh, against the rules. That's Early right. It's always a truck dealership I, here at George Lucas's <laughs> Happy Fun Palace. You, you, you must be as tall as a as a child. I mean, youngling, in order to ride this ride. <laughs> well, I don't know if you haven't had enough midi chlorians. <laughs> Why are all the arcade games the Pod Racer video game? <laughs> I mean, that's the one I would want it to be, but why? Because um, I like things that go fast, and uh, uh, nobody likes Aunt little Anakin, and uh, you don't have to be a little Anakin. Like you, he's he's not there. You don't have to see Jake Lloyd's face. Aww. Jake Lloyd comes to my amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> he works we, there. We can't get him to leave. <laughs> he keeps, I'm sorry, he, Jake Lloyd. <laughs> He keeps I know you're our biggest wants, fan. He keeps saying he wants to tear tickets, but I don't think he is actually doing that. I don't. I don't know. I think he just. I think he just sleeps in the back. He might be plotting his revenge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, any uh, last thoughts on the world is not enough? Which I give an F. Seriously? Yes. Wow. This movie has a, the finale of the movie is like this big submarine like crash sequence but it's it's almost the same thing as the oil rig thing exploding it's just now it's water so it like doesn't go as fast and it's not as hard to film um yeah or like the effects aren't as difficult and so it's kind of just it, like the fact that that is the final set piece and i was kind of just like okay like it, the, that sounds interesting I, I, but instead, I like... they also just use it as an excuse to have James Bond uh, grope Denise Richards uh, as they're trying to get up out of this place. And it's like... I like whatever. the end fight with Renard where the ship is tipped sideways and he has to launch the, whatever that weird golden rod thing is that yeah. activates the, the nuclear reactor or whatever. He, he somehow pressurizes it so it launches and hits a Renard in the chest. Speaking of Kalimar. Yeah. <laughs> um... I like that. Um, I don't know. It, it, I, I feel like if a lot of the other action set pieces were toned down and weren't quite as crazy, I feel like that would be a perfectly fine ending. But, like you said, like especially when you get to the middle and it's like, is this like the end set piece? Yeah. Yeah. If if they had somehow gotten that middle section to be the end of the movie, I, th- I think that also would have been a very good option. Right. Also... I appreciated not only does Bond try to do a Russian accent, but I love the bit where Denise Richards speaks Russian to him and says, oh, your accent is yeah. very good. And he responds in Russian. Finally, we're, do- we're having people speak languages in situations where they should be speaking those languages. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Um. This is me not having watched the last hour or 45 minutes or wherever I was. I'm going to go C-. minus. Wow. I'm going to go D-. minus. D-, you said? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't that disappointed by it. I sure. Was, I, was, 
I was more just kind of bored for some of it, and, and yeah. occasionally I'd be like, oh, I like that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. I don't know. It still felt like some some of the people around were trying. So no, yeah, for sure. Some of the actors certainly. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, to me, it did not feel like a movie so much as hey, let's string together. Yeah. Uh, stuff that will keep people's eyes on the screen long enough to get to the end, and let's also make it two hours over two hours for some uh, reason. Yeah, and eight, I think two and eight. I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt. If I if I can somehow squeeze this in, I'm going to attempt to watch the last 45 minutes. Sure. And if that somehow b- between uh, now and, and our next episode, um, and if that somehow changes my opinion, I will let everyone know. And if it doesn't, I won't say anything because who cares? <laughs> <laughs> that seems fair. True. So now time for my big recommendation. It's 2020, guys. We're back at it. Um, you recommend the year 2020? I do. So far, I think. Um, on my Can't go anywhere else. On January 2nd, I saw one of my favorite kids at the library, so that was a good start. Um, they said nothing. <laughs> no, they did. They thought, they were very shy. But um, <clears throat> I... You know where they wouldn't be shy? <laughs> George Lucas's amazing, imaginative uh, VR theme park. That's true. Where every kid can be a kid. <laughs> Stealing mottos? Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah, when you're here, you're family. And what's the? Uh, we have the. I have the movies. <laughs> no, no. You, we have the meats. Where you're we have here, the meats. When you're specifically here, you're, in big corn dog form. <laughs> when you're here, you're the taste you can see. <laughs> what's the? What was when the, you're here, there's cinnamon sugar swirls in every bite. <laughs> <laughs> that part is true. <laughs> when you're here, oh Jesus. So um. But uh, I, these are my these are not my four recommendations. I would just throw out if you want to see Denise Richards be in a fun, stupid movie that is is way more respectful to her. I would say watch Starship Troopers. Um, Starship Troopers isn't dumb. It's well, no, but like it masquerades as that. You're yes. right. That, no, that thank you. That that's a good correction. It's actually not dumb at all. And then uh, sincerely, it's a great movie. And then if you want to see Robert Carlyle. You get to do a great performance, watch him in pretty much anything, but I would say The Full Monty, which is made only a few years before this. Um, but my, my recommendation this week – guys, it's my mom's birthday. Hooray! Uh, birthday. It's my mom's birthday this week. Uh, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Mama. Britain's mom. Yeah, we love you. And in honor of that, I want to recommend a movie that she showed me uh, just recently, and that movie is called Hunt for the Wilder ah. People. Uh, this is by the aforementioned newly minted Academy Award winner Taika mm-hmm. Waititi. Uh, this is from 2016, I believe. Uh, it's adapted right. from a book, and uh, which is really just a movie in your mind. Yeah. And it is the story of a young boy played by Julian Dennison from Deadpool 2 who is in the foster care system in New Zealand and comes to live with this uh, sweet uh, middle-aged woman and her husband, Sam Neill. And through a series of events, some tragic, some comic uh, Sam Neill and Julian Dennison end up uh, as the uh, being chased in a manhunt across New, the New Zealand wilderness, and it is a very funny movie. It's a very sweet movie, and it's a movie that takes a pretty, I for me, a fairly unpredictable route to get to a fairly predictable resolution to their mm-hmm. relationship. I don't mind predictability in things as long as you make me care, yeah. as long as you tell it well. And this movie does a really good job of making you care. And it still arrives at that point in some really unexpected ways. 
Julian Dennison is really fun in it. I've only seen him in this in Deadpool 2, but I found him really funny and charming and sweet in this movie. And uh, you've also got Rachel Hausman, who is in Thor Ragnarok as Jeff Goldblum's, like, second. And mm. um, uh, Reese Darby, who I think is one of the most immediately funny actors out there, is in a cameo that's very, very funny. And uh, and Sam Neill, I think, is wonderful in this. It's a, it's He's not an actor who I've seen in a ton of things, funny enough, but I always thought he was a good actor. In this, I think this is my favorite performance of his so far. Really just a great piece of work he gets to be very funny and very gruff and very sweet and just they're great together uh taika is a, a filmmaker who i think every movie he makes he's really growing into his own and moving away from the very clear wes anderson influence which is not a bad influence and he was never just aping him but he was clearly influenced by that work and and he's getting closer and closer to wait well, more and more I, I would say he's evolving and uh, obviously, we we sang we sung the praises of Jojo Rabbit um, on our last episode. And I would say, if you like Jojo Rabbit or Thor Ragnarok, or honestly, if you've never seen the Taika movie, Hunt for the Wilder mm-hmm. People is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Also, you got a lot of great photography of the New Zealand wilderness. So yeah, my mom showed that to me, and I had a great time. Watch it with someone you like or by yourself. I think as as of the time of this podcast, it's on Hulu, right? It is on Hulu, and, and I, I might might be on Amazon Prime as well. Gotcha. Um, but I know it is on Hulu. So, yeah, that's my recommendation this week. Hunt oh. for the Wilder People from New Zealand. <laughs> Won't you? Now, guys, um, the uh, the first season of our new hit reality show, Movies But Like Ones You Can Ride, um, <laughs> which premieres Thursdays uh, at 10.45 p.m. on CBS, <laughs> um, obviously is going to gather 17 film directors mm-hmm. to make their own theme parks across the country. Uh, or the world, whichever they And we're sitting there Shark Tank style like, Doug Lyman, please come forward. <laughs> what do you have for us this week? And they're like, why am I here? How <laughs> did you take me from my home? I don't know what happened. <laughs> I make so much more money than you. <laughs> yes. Uh, is the sequel, do we, do we then approach the concept of uh, what if authors uh, made theme parks? Yes. Yes, because I would love to see what J.K. Rowling comes up with. <laughs> would you? In this theme park, if ever you've got to go at number two, you magic it away out of yourself. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she wasn't involved on the, the Wizarding World. I don't know what she does anymore. That's also true. Except give a lot to charity and be a great example of how to spend your wealth. So other authors... But other things as well. Yeah, uh, like... Let's not get into that. Like maybe <laughs> Alex Nimmin author. And don't say Dr. Seuss. I, mean, I was going to say, give me the Ian Fleming Amusement Park. Oh, I don't know that anyone no. wants to go there. <laughs> no. I, I, think that's, I think that's just, I think there's a big sign on it that says no girls allowed with the S backwards. <laughs> um, I think that uh, you probably have a, you'd have a, a huge theme park that's from like Dean Koontz, but no one's really sure what goes on in there. Sure. And you don't understand how it is still in business. But it's like but incredibly popular. I don't know anyone who's ever been there, but yes. it's very, very popular, yes. yeah. Yeah, Stephen King's would just be a real smorgasbord. Mm-hmm. And you'd get to the end and you'd be like, I mean, I feel like, I guess it was worth it. <laughs> huh. <laughs> um, Man, I thought that had more legs than it did when I said yes, but I'm, I'm struggling. I'm trying to <laughs> I think was really of, counting on you to just carry that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like authors I've uh, read, and then I guess like Neil Gaiman would just like 
it would be a very proud theme park and it's creative, but like you're also going, eh, we get it though. Sure. I know, Alice sure. in Wonderland. Sure. Now, with the the inevitable follow up after uh, the ratings plummet in season two, <laughs> would that be movie directors having people look over their shoulders as they write books? Good. I was also thinking movie directors designing board games. Okay. And then Tar- like and, uh, and Tarantino's hair falls out as gonna... he's screaming about how, <laughs> about just... this amazing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Monopoly style. Sure. I was going to say, I feel like we can't go smaller, but the budgets would definitely force us to go smaller after we spent uh, several trillion dollars on yes. theme parks in the first season. So that is fair. Yes. We're out there, Hollywood. Or CBS. I mean, they're, part, I think they're part of Hollywood. Quinn. Alex... Quentin, I, I just landed on KBC Radio. Why do I have to pay you a million dollars? Because you don't understand. In the 60s, it was it was the hip radio. It was the talk of the town. They had all the greats. You don't even know. <laughs> oh, I like that. Um... I'm shutting your butt down. <laughs> because it's so much fun, Jan. Get it. <laughs> You can find us online at com. You can find us on Twitter at HCT Sequels. Uh, you can find us on you, not YouTube. Every not now and then I say YouTube, and then I, a little tear falls from my eye. Um, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Um, and it's okay, Tyler. Sequels, they, they couldn't, YouTube couldn't allow uh, the word to get out that the world is not enough turns out to not be a good movie. <laughs> Correct. They were they they anticipated this moment. Um, you can find us. Uh, you can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. I don't know if I said that already. I might have. The other one is here on the sequels.blogspot.com. I may have said one of the, I definitely said one of those twice. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> so earlier I praised the podcast 99% Invisible, which I will continue to do because I think it is a genuinely beautiful and important uh, piece of culture that we should all be sampling. It's a wonderful show. They did just, just – I just got the notification that they released an episode about the history of who let the dogs out. So <laughs> – Maybe we're on nine percent invisible is canceled. Yes. So <laughs> check and mate, Roman Mars. Check and mate. We are actually ahead of the curve. I'm just um saying. <laughs> Next week, die another day. Uh, we're or either going to have a ridiculous amount of fun, or we're going to be miserable. Now that is, and that's going to be our last Bond movie until we do No Time to Die, right? Uh, that's correct. correct. Oh wow! And, and then. I don't know. I'm how we so not upset this. about that. <laughs> I don't know how we want to handle this. I do kind of want to do a master ranking of all of them, and we're done. But I think I that know. would be fun. I think I, don't... I think that should be a part of that podcast. Uh, I do well, not I, want to. I was going to ask like how we wanted to structure that because I, I don't know if it would be best for me to break out like an Excel and just like break down the grades and be like Tyler yeah. here, in order. Here's how yeah. your grades shake out for the Bond movies. We, we, we can work wanna... that out off mic yeah, yeah, though. Yeah, we'll yeah. But, and, and also next week we will. Yeah, announce... Mike does not appreciate us continuing to stand on him, uh, guys. So we'll uh, we'll get that. Am I on the podcast now? Um, First you were standing on the stand, and now you're standing on me. <laughs> God, I want to be taller. Now we uh, we also next week we'll announce our next uh, franchise. Yep, we we yep. don't have that yet. Have not decided. Nope. But or have we? Oh, it's Pitch Perfect again. Yeah, that's right. Coming back at it. I was gonna say Hotel for Dogs. <laughs> that too. But uh, yeah, at the same time. So we'll see you uh, next week when we'll die another day and announce our next franchise. 
Um, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for sticking with us with all this bond and all this pasta. Um, now, I'm, I got to go get all this meat sauce off of me. Oh, boy. And um, until next week, I've been Britain. I've been Tyler. And I'm uncomfortable. And you're <laughs> having a good night.